So we've delved into this Gemara. I want to go even deeper into Toysfus today. And to be honest, going to, into Toysfus is not necessarily a beginner's thing to do. Uh, on your first introduction to Gemara, you generally don't study Toysfus, but it shows my faith in you um, that we can do this um, together. So what, what is Toysfus? Toysfus means additions, Tosafot additions. And that's the literal translation of it. And it, it is a commentary gathered from the students, sons-in-law, and grandchildren of Rashi. So who's Ra Rashi? is Rabbi Shlomo Yitzchaki, who lived in the 12th century and was uh, in, in France. And he did the amazing job of explaining the entire Gemara pretty much, almost, almost the entire Talmud. We have commentary of Rashi, a running commentary, without which we would not know what, what is going on. He fills in the gaps so on every happen. page of, 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 the, of the Gemara. Um, and um, he also did that for Tanakh. He gave a running commentary on Tanakh. Uh, Chumash, you know, he's, he's the most famous comment, commentary. Like on the side of the book, yeah. yeah. And um, he did not have sons. He had daughters and sons-in-law. His daughters were quite learned as well. Uh, his sons-in-law, many of them were great Talmudists. And then his grandchildren also. He wrote a commentary on the Gemara, which tries to give the simple explanation of what the Gemara is saying. Tosfus does a bit more than that. Sometimes Tosfus will also give a simple explanation of something in the Gemara. Often, one that disagrees with Rashi, a, a, a different interpretation of the Gemara, different to how Rashi understands it. We'll see one a bit later. Uh, but also Tosfus does another layer to the, the commentary on the Gemara. While Rashi just tries to explain what the Gemara is saying, Tosfus will try and go deeper into it to find contradictions from a different place in the Gemara. So there'll be a statement here in the, in the Talmud. Tosfus will say, hang on a minute, that doesn't jive with what it says elsewhere on the other side of the Talmud. There seems to be a contradiction. And then Tosfus will usually try to reconcile that contradiction and answer it, explain it. Uh, and, and, and similar things to that. What makes Tosfus uh, more challenging to learn is unlike Rashi, who is trying to help you understand what it says here, Tosis is trying to show you how you don't understand what it says here, like this doesn't make sense, and, but using knowledge that you don't know. It's not from the page. It's from somewhere else. Tosis is assuming that you, like the Bali Tosis, like the authors of Tosis, you know the Talmud, you're fluent with the Talmud, so I can quote you, but what about what it says here with a few words, and you're going to know, oh yeah, that's a contradiction to this. Tosis does not hold your hand and walk you through that, just says, well, what about this? And then you have to appreciate and understand that. And then he'll give an answer, very concise answer, and then you've got to sometimes rack your brain to understand that. I want you to experience this because it adds a whole layer to the studying of, of the Gemara. So um, the way the page of Talmud is always set up is you've got photocopied pages as opposed to in a book, so it's a bit harder to appreciate. But the way the Talmudic page is, is set is the middle of the page is the Talmudic text, the Mishnah and the Gemara. Wrapping around that, always on the inside where the binding of the book is, is Rashi. And on the outside, where the edge of the page is, is Tosfus, wrapping around the, the text. And um, you'll also notice that, that the Tosfus always has a very large font 
beginning, which called, is called a Dibra Maschal, the, the first quote, quoting from the Gemara, and then the Tosfos then comments on that Gemara. What we're going to do is the top Tosfos of the page. So on the top left hand of the page, you see the Tosfos that wraps around the corner there? That is the Tosfos that we're going to be doing. Right? On the top, top of the page. So Yud, Om, and Aleph you need. That's the wrong paper. Is there, is there another one? So the, the page you, you should have on the very top of the page a Yud with a dot, Yud Ahmed Aleph. And then the first Tosfus, the top left of the page, Rav Nachman, Rav Chistas, it says. If, if, if that's what it says, you've got the right page. If not, you're somewhere else. Okay. Before we even start, and before we even go into this, uh, I'm going to remind you of what the, the, the Gemara was discussing. The Gemara quoted Rav Nachman as being of the opinion that, um, that somebody who finds something on, uh, for somebody else does not acquire it on behalf of that other person. That was Rav Nachman's opinion. Rav Nachman and Rav Chista were quoted in the Gemara as both saying that one who lifts up a lost article for somebody else, the, the friend does not acquire it. Why not? What's the problem of picking up something for somebody else? Do you remember? Because when you pick it up, you transfernish it to you. Right, but what if, but what if I want to give it to some, what, I want it to be on behalf of somebody else. Why can't I do that? You could give it to them if you were a valid recipient of it, but if not, then you can't. Isn't he a valid recipient? No, because you're picking it up as a Kenyan, right? Yeah, so can't I be Kona on behalf of somebody else? He says no. Why? Because there's a principle... If you, if you declare yourself poor, right? That's for payer, because yeah, no, he was talking about a, a, found, a lost article. Anyone, anyone can pick up a lost yeah. article. It's fine for anyone. Whoever wants it can pick it up. However, why, so why can't I pick it up for somebody else? Because there's a principle that says that you cannot acquire something for one person where others lose. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yes, yes. And that's like with the payer, when you take away, you take away the right from the From the poor people. So here as well, anyone could find this lost article. Oh, yeah. By you lifting it for that person, yeah. this person can't pick it up. If you're lifting it for yourself, that's you. Yeah. you you're, you're as fair as anyone else. But yeah. to do it on, for somebody else, he says you can't. It's not up to us to make the selection. So that, that's Rav Nachman's opinion. Tosfus is going to find a contradiction from Rav Nachman himself. Elsewhere in the Talmud, Rav Nachman seems to say the exact opposite to this. Now, that's, that's not on. We can have Rav Nachman disagreeing with other sages, as we did in, in our Gemara. That, that, there could be a debate between sages. There can't be a contradiction between Rav Nachman in one place and Rav Nachman in somewhere else. And so when you have the eyes of Tosfus, you read this Gemara, and you say, hang on a minute, the other side of the Gemara, Rav Nachman says what seems to be the opposite. Before we go into what that, that teaching is, we need a lot of background. I'm going to give, give you now all the background you need to be able to read this Tosfus. First of all, there is a principle called called Tchumin, the, the Tchum Shabbos. Tchum means border or boundary of Shabbos. And that is that we are limited how far we are allowed to walk outside of city limits on Shabbos. Within a city, you can walk as long as far as you want. But if you're going outside the city limits, past the last house of the city, you can only go 2,000 cubits, which is approximately a kilometer, something like that, right? So this is not so relevant for Sydney life because the outskirts of Sydney are so far from where we are that we're never going to walk out, out of the city. But if you're on a Shabbaton or a, a country uh, retreat or, or a hotel somewhere in the middle of nowhere, so there's a limit to how far you can walk on Shabbos. 
And the idea is that we, that we don't want you to be going from city to city. That's, that's already doing, it's, it's too much of a weekday type of activity. You have to stay within your, your city limits. Um, however, let's say you live in a rural place and you want to go to another city. Maybe there's a Simcha on, maybe there's a Bris on Shabbos morning. You want to be able to go to that other village for the bris and, and come back, but it's just outside the limits. It's not quite, quite far enough. Um, it, it's not close enough. So there's something what you can do, which is called Eruv Tchumin. You can make an Eruv, but a specific type of Eruv that allows you to walk an additional 2,000 cubits. And the way you do that is that from where you're living to the the city limit, you make an Eruv, which means you get food and you, you put food for, that's enough for a meal. You place it at, 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 the, at the border, at the 2,000 cubits limit of your city. And that becomes your house, as it were. That becomes your dwelling place. You've got, you've got a meal there. If you put that there before Shabbos, so then you can walk 2,000 cubits from there, from that point, from your little lunch that you put there. Because you've made that into your dwelling place. Even though you're not sleeping there, you're not staying there. You're staying at home. But before Shabbos, you place the meal there. That becomes your center of gravity, your, your, the center of your circle. And you can walk 2,000 Amas either way now. From your, your home to there. And from there to the next village to go to the bris. So you, you're, essentially you're giving yourself a, a maximum extra 2,000 cubits. Correct. Right? Correct. Okay. Yes. Now... Um, you're only supposed to do that for a mitzvah, like, yeah. like the example I gave, and, you know, but you're allowed to do such a thing. And it's only for you. You made the Eruv, it's only for you. It's not like anyone can come along with you. Uh -huh. Only those who participate in the Eruv, uh -huh. actively before Shabbos, can go uh -huh. to that distance. Somebody else cannot. But Jake, is it 2,000 or 4,000? Well, it's, it's 2,000 extra. Because 2,000 you're already allowed. It's a center of a radius. Of a circle. Correct. You can go 2,000 to the food and then another 2,000. Yes, from that food onwards. So 4,000 from your house. Correct. 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 Because you've made your, your headquarters yeah. out there. As long as you do that before Shabbos. So that means that if I made an Eruv and you didn't, I can walk to the next village on Shabbos. You can't. Okay? And um, the same applies to Yontif. On Yontif as well. There's, there's also the, that same limit. You, 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 uh, Shabbos or Yontif. So it means that if you can only make it for yourself, you can't make it. One sec, one sec, one sec. One sec, one sec, one sec. Okay. Now, with that little bit of background, we need a little bit more background um, before we actually go into the Tosfos. Tosfos is now going to, to introduce us to a, a teaching from elsewhere in the Gemara that talks about this law of, of Erev and says another thing. That not only when we say that I made the Erev, you didn't, so therefore I can go the 4,000 um, cubits, you cannot, can't. Not only that, does that apply to me versus you, it also applies to our belongings. On Yontav, where you're allowed to carry things that you're using on Yontav, but only my things I can carry those 4,000 cubits. I can't carry something of yours, 4,000 cubits. The Eruv applies to me and my belongings, and therefore does not apply to you and your belongings. Right? So if you say to me, are oh, you going to the bris? Here's a bottle of wine, T take it for the bris. Sorry, can't, that's your bottle of wine. I could take my bottle of wine to the bris. It's Yontav, you're allowed to carry, and it's wine. To, to use on, on the Yontav, it's, 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 all, it's all fine to carry. The carrying is not an issue, but it's outside of the Tchum, the, the boundary. 
your boundary. It's inside my boundary. I can take my stuff, I can't take your stuff. And could they give you the bottle as a, like now say this is now your bottle? Um, possibly, the yes, if it becomes mine. But the question is if it became mine on Shabbat, on, on Yontav oh. or before, but, but yeah, in theory. Okay, that should be enough background information to understand the Tosfus. All of that, had, had, had we not known any of that information, we wouldn't know what's going on in this Tosfus. So, 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 let, so let's have a look and see if we can follow. Rav Nachman, Rav Chista, Chulu. So the, the Tosfus here quotes the Gemara saying that Rav Nachman and Rav Chista both are of the opinion that somebody who finds something on behalf of a friend, the friend does not acquire it. It doesn't become his. You, can't, you cannot pick up something from, an, from ownerlessness, a lost article, for somebody else's sake. That's what we said in, in our Gemara. Says the Tosfus. Tamar, this is wondrous. Tamar is a very typical beginning of a Tosfus. Tamar, I've got a big problem. I've got a, a big a question here. This, is, this, this doesn't make sense. The Bashili Mashilin, because at the end of the Perek, of the chapter called Mashilin, which is a chapter in Beitzah, which uh, Beitzah is a tractate that ta talks a lot about Yontav, the laws of Yontav. At the end of a certain chapter there, Omar, it says the following law. Mila Mayim, the Nosan what if you filled a bucket of water from a water well and you gave it to your friend? Rav Sheshis Omar, Rav Sheshis says, Karagli Hamamale. That bucket of water can only go as far as the person who filled it is allowed to walk. Rav Nachman Omar, and Rav Nachman says, it can go, that bucket of water can go on Yontav as far as the person for whom it was filled. So if one of them had the... So, if I had the Eruv in the example and you didn't have the Eruv, I'm allowed to go 4,000 cubits, you're only allowed to go 2,000 cubits. I filled a bucket of water for you. Not for me, for you. Where can that bucket of water go? Rav Sheshe says, if I filled it, even though I did it for you, it could go four. Rav Nachman says, no, 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 if I filled it for you, you can only go two, so it can go only go 2,000. It doesn't depend where the well is because you can meet halfway. He can come to you and you can go on the way back. Now here we're, we're talking about that the well is in my garden, is right, is, is, is right here. It, I, I, feel, I filled a bucket of water for you. Can you take that water to the brists that's, that's happening on Yontif, that bucket of water? So, one second. I'm allowed to go to the bris. I can go the 4,000 cubits, because I made an Erev. You didn't make an Erev, so you can only go 2,000 cubits. How far can that bucket of water go? So we said that what was the principle? The principle is that, it, that your belongings are, are governed by your tchum, your limits, your, your city limits. So if I've made an Erev, my belongings can go the full 4,000 cubits. If you didn't make an Erev, your belongings cannot go more than 2,000 cubits. What if I filled a bucket for you? So Rav Shesha says that whoever filled it, that determines how far that bucket can go. I filled it for you, but it can go only as far as I can go, not as far as you can go. Whereas Rav Nachman says, no, it goes by the person for whom it was filled. If he made the Erev, the person who was, who was filled for or made the Eruv, then, then he can take it. But it doesn't actually matter. Why? Because if the person himself can only go 2,000, 
Even if the bucket could go four, he can only go two anyway. What's the difference? And the guy that filled it, if he can go four, then it can go four with him. The question, the question is, the, the question is, this bucket is, has been filled. Yeah. How far can it go? It doesn't matter the person, it's the bucket. Where I, could, I could take it or you could take it. The question is, can the bucket go? You can't keep moving the bucket, it's the bucket has oh, one Oh, so if the guy can go 4,000, but he, could, he filled it for the guy that only could go two, it's a question... Well, that's the, could... that's the debate. Uh -huh, uh -huh. That's now, the debate. The question is, who does the bucket belong to? Who does it belong to? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so Ravshacious seems to say... the boundary is of the, the bucket. Is and it the it. bucket or the water? The, the bucket of water. <laughs> No, I mean, <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good one. It's, no, it's, the ownership it's, of the water is in question. Is correct, it? correct, <laughs> correct, yeah. correct. Yeah. It is, it is, the, it, it is. Yeah, because it might be my bucket. But we're talking about the water. You're right. Someone's bucket who's a couple of kilometers away. So, 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 so what, so what do we see Rav Sheshis, what's his logic? He says, I filled the bucket. So therefore the bucket, even though I filled it for you, the bucket of, of water can go my distance, not your distance. Therefore, he, he's understanding that I fill the bucket, it's my water. Rav Nachman says, no, 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 no. It goes by the person for whom it was filled. Therefore, what's Rav Nachman saying? He can transfer ownership. A good direct contradiction to Rav Nachman in our Gemara, who says you can't lift up something for somebody else. Good contradiction? Yeah. Would you have spotted that? No. <laughs> not, only, not only did Tosfus remember that in, in Tractate Beitzah, which is the other side of the Talmud, but picked up, hang on a minute, Rav Nachman's contradicting himself. It's the same principle. Water in a well, he's taking it out, out, out of, that's, that's, that's water in a well. Like, Someone else is gonna lose out on. It's the same principle. You're taking something that's ownerless, currently ownerless, water in the well, that anyone can take. He's acquiring it for him. And in that case, Rahab says, yeah, he can do that. You can acquire for somebody else. It's theirs. And it goes by their limits. How can Rahab say that when, when it came to a, a lost article, ownerless, I can't pick it up for somebody else? Rahab says, you can't, you, can't, you can't acquire on behalf of somebody else. How can you say that? And look, and Umasik, we're, we're on the third line of, of the Toysfus, um, the third last word on the third line, Umasik, and the Gemara there actually concludes in discussing this debate between Rav Sheshis and Rav Nachman, that the debate they're having is about whether you can lift up an ownerless article for somebody else. That Rav Sheshis says when you pick up for somebody else, you, you, you don't, you, they don't acquire it. You do. And Rav Nachman says, when you pick up somebody else, they acquire it. Only you with the water. Because hmm? he's not saying that with the... Well, he says that with the water, and, and the Gemara says that's what he's talking yeah. about, and yet here he says the exact opposite. Umashma, hmm. and that implies, de la Rav Nachman kona That Rav Nachman is, is saying there that when you extract water from the well for your friend, your friend acquires it. And that's the reason why the water can go the distance that the person for whom it was filled can walk. 
It goes by him, not by the person who filled it, by the person for whom it was filled, because he acquired it. That's what it seems from that Gemara very clear. There must be a difference. Must be. No, it's not a certain circumstance. We have to differentiate. Either we're reading something wrong, or, 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 the, or there's another detail, or there's another way of thinking, or there's a way of differentiating the two. And the rule with the with the Arab, it, it has to be that person has to own it to go the four thousand. Correct. It has to be your your property. You can take your property. That's his. That the person for whom it was filled owns it. That's that's what it seems. Couldn't be that Reb Nachman just made a mistake and had an off day or something. Mm -hmm. No. No. But that, that's a common way, of, even in, not the others, but the, the traditional way, correct me if I'm wrong, making Arab is to have a courtyard where the parties put food, right? So this isn't that's Arab Chatseris. That's, 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 that's yeah, a different type different, of Arab. This, this makes no difference that the other Central courtyard. Yeah. 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 So I'm just thinking we're, we're missing a deed. They're not exactly the same cases. Once found. What do you mean? Well, the well's not found, right? Yeah. Everyone knows where the well is. Equal opportunity for all the parties. It's different the to something that exists. That's a good point. Okay, so let's 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 build on that. Yeah. You're saying that that a found article is truly onerous. Is onerous. And it's chance. And it's chance. Whereas this is deliberate. Is a well is you know where the well is. a well Is a well considered to be onerous? The water is yeah. It's hefker. It's hefker. It's open for anyone to to, yeah, to acquire. Built, so right. why does that make a difference? That that a found object. Is, is more random, whereas the well, we know where the well is. Why does that make a difference to, to this point? Potentially equal opportunity. I mean, the question I have, let's say a person is disabled or is prevented. If both have an equal parties have an opportunity, does that change things? Um, to what? That, to the ownership. The question is why, like, could he have not gone to the well? The well is a known location, it exists, it's mm -hmm. a known... Uh, whereas a lost object is exactly that. It doesn't give an equal opportunity to... So we will see that Tosfus will make that differentiation between a found article and, and the well. Very good thinking. Um, that there is, a, there is a difference between the two. There's a, there's, a, there's a major difference. We will see that. So hold that thought. Okay. The Rashi Goras. Now, the Tosfus is now going to give us a, one answer. The second narrow line, so you see the, the lines have become narrow. In the middle of the second narrow line, Varashi, Varashi Goras. Rashi has a little bit of a different textual version of that Gemara that reads different to how we just read it. Rashi's version says, Hasam, Mar Sava Koni, or Mar Sava Loi Koni, Veloi Goras Chaveroi. The way we read it was that the Gemara there says that when one person lifted the, the water from the well for the other person, Rav Sheshes holds the other guy um, did not acquire it. Whereas Rav Nachman says the other guy did acquire it. Right? That's how we read that, that, that Gemara. Rashi actually has a different version, different reading of the Gemara, where the debate is not whether the other guy acquired it, the, the friend for whom it was filled. The debate is actually whether the guy who lifted the water out acquired that water. Is it his or not? In fact, both Rav Sheshis and Rav Nachman, according to Rashi's reading, both Rav Nachman and Rav Sheshis agree that the person for whom the water was filled did not acquire this water. 
which is great because Rav Nachman, that's what we expected him to say. So what's the debate then? Ela Rav Nachman says, not only did the friend not acquire the water for whom it was filled, but even the guy who filled the water did not acquire it. Mm. And therefore, when he did give it to his friend, it became his. When did it become his? When he gave it. When he gave it to the other guy. So did the, did the other Can guy... Can I ask you something, Rabbi? Usually yes. a well, it's a community thing. Like the wells usually, it's, it's somebody owns the well. People own the well. So somebody has to come and authorize someone. No, 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 this is a public... Public well. Public well that anyone can fill up. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so, we, we just switched, we just switched our understanding of Rav Nachman and Rav Sheshis. Why does he not require picking it up? Uh, why not? Why not? So he says that, that the, the other guy, the, the friend, acquires it when it reaches his hands, mina mm hefker, -hmm. from ownerlessness. It was ownerless until it reached his hand. Shemeschaven liknois. Because he had intention to acquire it. When he, when, he, when he was given the water and he received the water, it was to acquire this water. That was his intention. But the guy lifting it up did not intend to acquire it for himself. He intended to acquire it for somebody else. And so what did he end up doing? Nothing according to Rav Nachman, because you can't acquire for somebody else. And he didn't have in mind to acquire for himself. So that water was ownerless until it reached the hands of somebody who was intending to acquire it. So it's like he physically moved the well to that person. Exactly. He was, he, he, he was, like, he was like, a, like, a, like a transport, but, he, but it was never acquired. It was ownerless water. But then it's like he is a shliach. No, because a shliach is in the place of the person who sent him. He's not. He's... he's he, if somebody else came and said, oh, that looks good, and, and took the water. That would have it. It, it was ownerless water. No, no one owned it at that, at that point. Remember, in, 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 in Jewish law, like in every law, you have to have an actual moment of transfer of property. Like, there has to be a de definition of something going from ownerlessness to ownership. So, says Rav Nachman, that all depends on an, an action with intention. I lift the bucket of water out of the, the well with intention to acquire it. It's mine. But if I lifted the bucket of water out of the, out of the well with intention that you acquire it, well, I've just uh, uh, ruined it for, for, for everybody because I didn't acquire it for myself. That wasn't what I had in mind. And I didn't acquire it for you because you can't do that, according to Ibn Nachman. You can't acquire it for somebody else. What if you have the intention, oh, I'll have it and change his mind, back to our original Mishnah. So he says, you know, I pick it up for myself, and then he says, no, I want to give it to that Well, the, our Mishnah was the other way. Right, yeah, the other way around. Yeah, the first thing. So, so, so the same question. Yeah. If, if you could acquire for somebody else, it's, it's his, you can't steal it. If you can't acquire for somebody else, then it's, it's not his, and it's yours. So here, here he did neither. Here he lifted it on behalf of the other person. Well, that doesn't work, according to Rav Nachman, until it reached his hands. So therefore, according to Rav Nachman, how far can this water go according to the guy who lifted it out, his, his limits, or the guy who received it? Why? When? When he, when he took it. There's no contradiction. That's exactly what we expect from Rav Nachman. You can't lift something for somebody else. 
probably be thirsty by the time. <laughs> so one sec, what, what, what was Rav Sheshis? Rav Sheshis was a different opinion, right? Rav Sheshis said it goes by the guy who lifted it. Yeah. One second. He, he lifted it, not having in mind himself. He wanted to acquire it for the other person. Ha, ha, when, when did it become his? So according to, to this reading, Rav Sheshis Savar, that no, the person who lifted it out of the water acquired it. Because that's the same thing. He's saying you, you can't acquire for someone else. Therefore, actually, it is yours. So it's the same. The kiv and the loy konachaveroi who kona? Because since the friend cannot acquire it by proxy in such a way, where you can't when when you lift for somebody else, the other person does not acquire it. So therefore, he did acquire it. According to Rav Sheshis, the, there was an active acquisition here. the The intent was for somebody else, but that doesn't work. So it falls back on the person who did it. It's his. So he's saying the act is more important than the intention, whereas the other hand, the intention is more important. Correct. Than the Correct. Yeah. So which one? Yeah. And just by the way, another layer of studying would then be looking at Rav Nachman, all of his opinions throughout the Gemara and seeing how it's, it's consistent with that. Here we see, according to this reading of Rav Nachman, that he says intention defines the action. Whereas Rav Shesha says, well, the intention was a wrong intention, so the action, but the action is still there, even without the intention. So there's a way of studying, the Rebbe was very into this, of finding all the consistency in Rav Nachman's opinions throughout all different, different areas that he holds the intention matters. But anyway, that, that will be for another, another time. What about donkeys and cattle riding, riding or pulling? That's going to come later. Yep, that's going to be discussed. That's one of the next Mishnahs. Okay, so now, so therefore Toysavis concludes this answer that, that why does Rav Sheshis believe that the person who lifted the, the water out of the well for another person his opinion was, Rav Shesha's opinion was, that the water can be taken according to the limits of the person who drew it. Why? Because even though he had in mind the other person, you can't do that. You can't acquire for another. They both agree you can't acquire for another person. But where they disagree is, Renachim says, because you can't acquire for another person, nobody acquired it until you gave it to the other person, and then he acquired it. Whereas, Rav, um, Rav, Sh- Rav Shesha says, he acquired it when he pulled it out. It's his water. From, from ownerlessness, and therefore it goes by his limits. Is that even if he intended it for the other person, or mm-hmm. intended it for himself? Even if he intended it for the other person, you can't do that. You can't do that, but you did acquire it. You did, made an active acquisition even though your mind was on somebody else. And Rob Nachman says, you had in mind the other person, therefore it was ownerless. It, therefore, yeah, therefore it destroyed it. it, it uh, it's, it's undermined your act of acquisition because you had in mind somebody else. So it remained ownerless until the other person got it. So how does that help us resolve Rav Nachman's situation? Because Rav Nachman is consistent. Rav Nachman believes you cannot acquire something for somebody else. Okay. Just like he said here, so he's saying there. With this reading, it makes perfect sense. There was no contradiction in the first place. Until you give it to them. Yeah, you can give it to somebody else. You can give your property to somebody else, but it's your property. What about the found property? Same thing. If you find something, you can give it away. But you can't pick it up off on behalf of somebody else. 
You have to own it. What you own, you can give to whoever you want. But you can't pick up and say, it's not mine, it's his. If you picked it up, it's yours. Or according to Rav Nachman, it's nobody's. Okay. That was Rashi's way of interpreting that Gemara, which made it very consistent with our Gemara. Rabbeinu Tam. Rashi's grandson, Rabbeinu Tam, who's more famous because of the tefillin that are named after him, even though he didn't invent those tefillin, but his, he had, him and Rashi had different opinions as to the order of the parishes in the tefillin. Um, and so they're known as Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam tefillin. So here as well, Rabbeinu Tam has a different opinion to Rashi in explaining that Gemara. Rabbeinu Tam, Omer Rabbeinu Tam, sorry, the Rabbeinu Tam Pirush, Rabbeinu Tam explained, Dehasam, the first word on the line is Dehasam, about halfway down the narrow lines of that Tosfus. Rabbeinu Tam Pirush, Rabbeinu Tam explained differently, Dehasam Rav Nachman Moide, Dekonachavere, that no, Rav Nachman, who here says you cannot acquire a lost article on behalf of another person, there says you can acquire water out of a well for another person. He differentiates between the two. How? This is based on, on what you guys were saying. That in the case of drawing water from a well, it's not like finding a lost article on the street because drawing water from a well, you are not making anyone lose. What was the rationale why Reb Nachman says you can't acquire something for somebody else? Because you can't take something for this guy to benefit and others lose. When you're taking water out of a well, nobody loses. There's plenty of water in the well. There's no, there's no limit. A water well doesn't have a limit of water. So if, I, if, I, if I'm taking it for, for this person, somebody else can't say, well, I missed out. On what? Go and fill the water. There's, there's plenty there. You can't say that about a lost article. A $100 bill on the, on the side of the road. You pick it up for him. No one else got that $100 bill. You can't say, go and find another $100 bill. Doesn't work that way. But water in a well, there's plenty of water in the well. I didn't, I didn't make you lose. The whole principle behind Reb Nachman's problem with taking yeah. something on behalf of somebody else is you cannot give a benefit to this person and thereby make others lose out. That doesn't apply to a water well. Mm, so yeah, he could say differently and it would not be a contradiction. Not a contradiction because it's a different circumstance. The whole rationale that he had does not apply here. Which was along the lines of where you were going with it. That, that, that the difference between, between finding a lost article and going to a water well. A water well is available to everybody. A lost article is not. Yeah? Good? Yeah. So you see, Rabbeinu Tam is explaining very different to Rashi. Rashi over there is saying that that Reb Nachman is the same as this Reb Nachman. You can't pick up something for somebody else. Rabbi Tam is, no, 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 no. Over there he says you can pick up something for somebody else when it comes to a water well. Rabbeinu Tam is so, so much easier. To, it's much easier explanation. You don't have to do this whole thing. Correct. However, it seems that Rashi had maybe had a different girsa, a different version of the Gemara itself. The wording of the Gemara that Rashi had fit with his, his explanation better, whereas... Rabbeinu Tam's version, you couldn't explain it that way. Mm. It's all by one, one, one word, really, Chaveiro, that is the debate between Rav Sheshus and Rav Nachman whether 
the guy who drew it acquired it or didn't acquire it? Or is the debate whether his friend acquired it or didn't acquire it? The word friend, if it's in the Gemara, which it seems Rabbi Yotam said it was, then you can't do Rashi's answer. You have, to, you, have to, you have to differentiate between the two, which he did. Not only that, but Rabbi Yotam gives another explanation. And furthermore, Rabbi Yotam says, that no, you should read it, his friend. The debate between Rav Nachman and Rav Sheshis is whether the friend acquired it when the first guy drew the water out of the well or not. That is the debate. And Rav Nachman saying that the friend did acquire it when, when, the, when the guy drew it out of the water. Even though Rav Nachman here says you can't acquire something for somebody else when it comes to the lost article. It is the correct reading of it. And Rav Nachman holds that the friend did not acquire it. Kihacha, just like here. In other words, now we're going to go a third reading of this whole thing. That the debate between Rosh Hashanah and Rav Nachman is whether the other guy for whom it was filled acquired it or not. That is the debate. And Rav Nachman's opinion is he did not acquire it. Yeah, so it's still ownerless. Oh, one sec. The, the other guy, why? And also, the one who filled the bucket did not acquire it. Yeah. When he gave it to him, he gave the bucket to the guy for whom he filled it, he acquired it at that moment. And therefore goes by his feet, meaning, meaning where he can go. Rav holds that, no, the friend does acquire it. Mitam migu. Because of the migu. Remember migu, Mr. Migu? What was that? Since you could do this. So the migu that we said was, if you can acquire something for yourself, you can acquire it for somebody else. That was the logic. If you can, if you can take it for yourself, you have a right to take it for yourself, then you have a right to take it for somebody else. Says Rav Sheshes, I believe in that migu. Sorry, because he could acquire it for himself. The guy who was drawing the water can take the water for himself, right? Mm -hmm. We all agree with that. So, so therefore, so Rav, Nach, Rav Sheshes disagrees with Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman's principle is you cannot lift something for somebody else. That's his principle. Rav Shesha says, I disagree with you. My principle is migu, that since you can acquire for yourself, you can acquire for somebody else. What are you talking about that you're making other people lose out? If I find something for myself, do I make other people lose out? Yes, and I have a right to do that. If I can pick up something for myself, I can pick it up for somebody else. You can see that logic. Like you were asking before, I could pick it up for myself and then give it to somebody. So, so why can't I pick it up for somebody else? Like I have a right to, to own it. If I have no right to it, so then you can say, in the case, of that, that Rav Nachman is basing himself on. It was talking about, remember the debtor, the guy who owes a bunch of people debts, and somebody else, a third party who's not owed money, comes and grabs money, a little bit of money that he's got, for one of the debtors. You can't do that, because then the other debtors are losing out. 
But that's because the person who grabbed it is not himself owed any money. He has no right to it. But when it comes to a lost article, says, says Rav Sheshis, I could, I could take it for myself, so I could take it for you. When it comes to the water in the well, I can take it for myself, so I can take it for you. So then why did Rav Sheshis say that the distance you can walk goes by the person who drew the water? Both of them, both Rav Sheshis and Rav Nachman are saying that the other guy gets it in the end, right? It's his water. Rav Nachman said when person A drew the water with him in mind, he didn't acquire it. He only acquired it when he gave it to him. But once he gave it to him, it's his and therefore goes by his distance. Mm -hmm. That's Rashi, yeah? This is not Rizal, Rav is saying that, that, that no. According to, to Rav Nachman, why do we go by the guy for whom it was filled? Why, why is he allowed to take it as far as he can go? Because person A never acquired it. It was never his. <coughs> it, it only became person B when he received it. Until then it was Hefka, it was ownerless. Rav Shesha says that no, when he drew the water, his friend did acquire it. I don't believe, I don't agree with Rabbi Nachman. I believe that the Kani the, the, the other guy acquired it when the first guy drew the water. He drew it for him, so therefore he does acquire it. Why? Because, Migu, because since you can acquire for yourself, you can acquire for somebody else. So then why does Rav Shesha say, how far can that water go? According to the guy who picked it up. <laughs> he, he didn't acquire it. It's not his, it was never his. But he's allowed to pick up for himself. Correct, but he didn't. Because the, of the intention. Yes. Right, so why does it go by his, his limits? So listen to this genius. So says, Rabbeinu Tam explains like this. V'kivin deloi, we're on the fifth last line of the Tosafos. V'kivin deloi kan chaveru el mitam de But since the other guy only acquired this bucket of water because of the logic that we say that the person who drew it could have acquired it for himself. So, because that was the base of his acquisition, and if indeed person A would have acquired it for himself, how far could that water go? Only as far as he can go. So therefore, even now, when he acquired it for somebody else, it only goes as far as he can go. And it's no, it can't be greater than him as far as how far this water can go. It's as if he, he acquired it for himself. Did you get that? Even That's though, a fascinating svara, fascinating logic, he says. Let me explain it one more time. Reb Nachman said, we, we, we know that Reb Nachman from our Gemara, is not into acquiring for other people. He says you can't do that. And yet, over there, he said, person A takes the water out of the well for person B, and Rabnachan says, the water can go as far as the person B goes. How did that happen? So, says Rabnachan in this third explanation of, that, of, that, of this contradiction, that when person A lifted it up for person B, it doesn't work, because you can't acquire for somebody else. 
but he didn't acquire it for himself either. So it was ownerless until it reached person B when he gave it. So therefore it's his water. So it can go as far as he goes. Rav Shesha says, I disagree. You can pick up something for somebody else. When he lifted the water, person A lifted the water for person B, it became person B's immediately. Why? Why do I say that you can do that? Because if you can acquire something for yourself, you can acquire for somebody else. If you have a right to this thing for yourself, then you can lift it on behalf of somebody else. But, says Roshesh's, because that's the basis of this acquisition, you can acquire it for yourself, so therefore you can acquire it for somebody else. So therefore, it can only have the strength of your own acquisition. Oh. It can only be carried as far as you could carry your own things. Because the whole foundation of you acquiring it for him is because you could acquire it for yourself. So therefore, as far as the tchum and the distance you can take it, it can only go as far as you can take it. It's limited to your, your powers. Is that a fake? Is that on, like it's because it's got one, one level? It's not a suffix. No, it's not a suffix. It's saying that, that we... Um, you, can, you can only go as far as you can go. It's like, I'm trying to think of, an, of, a, of a metaphor. Let's, let's say... Uh, if I have a license to, to sell alcohol and, I, and you work for me, but you can't then sell alcohol somewhere where I couldn't sell alcohol. I don't know, that's, 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 that's what popped into my head. <laughs> In other words, if it's my license you're going under, you can't say, well, I, ha I have a shop you know, in, in a different jurisdiction, I should be able to, no, it's my license. So, so here as well, person A did the acquisition for person B. Says Rav Sheshis, that's fine. Do you know why? Because person A has every right to acquire this water, so he can do it for person B. However, the acquisition has the parameters of person A's acquisition. Because how did person B get it? Because person A could have got it. So therefore, person B only owns it the same way person A would own it. Therefore, it can only go as far as person A can go, not person B, even though it's his. Is that the big way? Because person B yeah. could acquire it? Because person A could A acquire it for himself. To give to this and acquire That's why he can acquire it for somebody else. But since the, somebody else is acquiring it based on that migu, based on that, what person A could have done, it's limited by the parameters of person A. So here you've got a fascinating thing. You've got, you've got a, a bucket of water that belongs to this guy but has the rules of that guy. Because he could do it for himself. Because mm, that's how he got it. But it's like signing a contract. If you sign the contract based on these terms, and then you give it to someone else, you can't adjust the contract now that it's gone into someone else's ownership. It's still the same contract. Yeah, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, it's like self-leasing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In a way, yeah, it is. What are you going to say? But according to Rob Nachman, the, he doesn't pick, when he picks it up, he doesn't pick it up for himself. And his intention is to give Correct. to other persons. So Correct. He is maintaining again that the intention is, is it, so the two con in, the, in, this in this reading, in this reading, in Rabbeinatam's um, explanation here, everyone agrees with what happened. He lifted it on behalf of somebody else. Yeah. The disagreement is, does that work? Yeah. Renachman says, it doesn't work. Not for the other person, and not for him. 
like we said before, the intention is not there. The correct intention is not there. The intention doesn't match the act. So therefore, it's ownerless until it's reached the second guy. He brings in the bucket. And when he takes the bucket, this is because I want it. That's an act of acquisition. That's Rabbi Nachman's opinion. So therefore, we're not contradicting Rabbi Nachman's not contradicting himself. He's very consistent. You can't pick up for somebody else. So how does somebody else get it? Because you gave it to him and you didn't pick it up for yourself. So no one had it till he got it. Rabbi Nachman's consistent. Rav Sheshis, what does he say? He disagrees with Rabbi Nachman. He's the one who says you can acquire for the other person. This Rabbi Nachman is saying, we thought when we first started, when you hear the answer, you forget what the question was. When we first started, we thought that Rabbi Nachman was saying that the debate was whether you can acquire for somebody else. And Rabbi Nachman, who says it goes by the somebody else's distance, that you can acquire for somebody else. No, 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 no. Rav Sheish is saying you can acquire for somebody else. So then why is he saying it goes by the distance of the first guy who acquired it? Because how, what's, the, what's the mechanism of acquiring for somebody else? Because you can do it for yourself. And since, since we're relying on his ability to acquire for himself, to allow him to acquire for somebody else, it's limited by the parameters of his own acquisition. It's as if it's his, it's, it's got his legs. It can go as far as he can go. Because he could acquire it for himself, therefore it goes by his jurisdiction. Because we're relying on the fact that he could acquire it for himself to allow him to pick it for somebody else, because that's the basis of this acquisition. In other words, we're looking at this guy and we're saying, you picked up a bucket and it became his. How did that happen? So you might say, well, don't we have a rule that you can't make something benefit somebody else if others lose? That's only talking about where you couldn't do it yourself. But if you could do it yourself, then you could do it for somebody else. When can you not make somebody else lose? When you're not gaining, you couldn't gain from this. You're doing it for, for, for person B, but person C, D, and E are, are losing out. But when you could do it for yourself, you can. Yeah. Rabbi, yeah. if the person B who received the water from the guy that filled it, if the guy that filled it didn't have the tchum, the extra... So if the guy that filled it only had 2,000, mm-hmm. but the B guy had 4,000, 4, yes. he could only take it 2,000 2, and have to leave it. Coins so, he, yes. so he would have a disadvantage of not drawing it himself. Correct. Mm. Correct. Mm. Because you didn't, you didn't make the acquisition. Mm-hmm. So who do we hold by? Out of these two opinions? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think we'll have that issue these days anyway. Um, it's interesting because I was thinking that the river sometimes makes the based on based on the name. So like last week's parsha Talkuma means to comfort. So Menachem, I thought, no Menachem. Nachman also means so you think there would be some answer. This is the way of trying to comfort. Yeah. It doesn't comfort anyone. It doesn't lose out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that that is that is a that is a classic Tosfos. Now, now remember, I mean, I, I didn't just pick this Tosfos up and read it. I, I picked up and I said, okay, it's, it says something from the end of chapter Meshilin in Beitza. It has the, on the very top line there, it tells you where it is. Mm-hmm. So I went and got that Gemara. I opened that up. I don't know that Gemara. I haven't learned it. Or even if I have, I don't remember it. I, I go, I open it up. I learn through what, what it says in that Gemara. 
ah, now, now I get it. I, I see. And, th and then I can come back here, read it two, three, four times through. Okay, Rashi, Rabbeinu Tam. Okay, now, now, now you get it. I served it to you with all the background information. Yet, you know, what, what's the Tchumin? You have to know what Tchumin is, the limits of how far you can walk. And then the, 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 your property goes by you. Even looking up that Gemara wasn't enough when I looked up that, the other one because I had to, because that Gemara was in the middle of a discussion, mm -hmm. assuming you knew what happened five pages before. So I had to look five pages before and like get the picture. So to learn a Tosfus, we did it in just under an hour. But doing it from scratch can take a long time. What year is this uh, based on? What year were Tosfus? Were, were, were they? What year were these? Like, they, were, they were in the, the, the 1200s or so, 12, 1300s. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, just because we have a couple of minutes, I want to show you an easy, easy Tosfus, but just, just to show you another experience of, 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 a, of a Tosfus that, I, that I, I mentioned earlier. The, next, the very next Tosfus says, the principle behind Reb Nachman, who says you cannot lift a, a, a lost article on behalf of somebody else, is because one who grabs money from a debtor, a debtor means somebody who owes money. Right, and the debtor owes money. Somebody who grabs money from a debtor on behalf of a creditor where there are other creditors, you can't do that. Yeah? So, I'm not, I'm not a creditor. I just know that this guy <coughs> owes my friend money, mm -hmm. and he never has money to pay back. And suddenly, I'm, I, I look and I see <coughs> he's got cash. So I grab some and I say, I'm, I'm, I'm the debt collector on behalf of my friend. We say, I'm sorry, you can't do that, because there's other creditors waiting around, you're doing your friend a favor, but look at other people who... If you were a creditor, would you be allowed to take it? Yes. And share with the friend, or that's your choice, you can give after, yeah. Yeah, yeah. if you're a creditor, yeah. but, if you, but if you're not, yeah. you're a friend, yeah. you can't just go and grab, right. Right? right? So based on that, says Reb Nachman, so therefore, you cannot pick up a $100 bill sitting on the, on the road there, not for yourself, but for somebody else, because what, what about everyone else who wants to pick it up? You're not doing it for yourself? What if all the so, had a representative? Oh, so Toysavis talks about that. So let, let's have a look. Marsha Pirush Rashi. Now, Toysavis first quotes Rashi. We didn't do the Rashi, but we'll see the Rashi through Toysavis. Rashi explains, Mishum Deloy Shliach. It's because he didn't make him into a Shliach. Oh. An agent. If I tell you, you're my agent to collect my debt, then you are me. You're an extension of me. And you have every right to go and represent me. And therefore, if you grab the money that I'm owed, it's like me grabbing it, and you have every right to do that. The only time you cannot do that is where you weren't appointed a shliach, you're a friend. You're looking out for your friends, but no one gave you that job. You weren't officially appointed as a representative. You're acting of your own initiative to help out a friend. Well, you can't do that when everyone else is being not helped. So you have to be appointed. You have to be appointed. But if you're appointed, it's fine. Can I ask something? What if there was only one creditor? 
What if so that no nobody else is losing? Oh, no, no, that's fine then. That's, that's, that's different. So you don't even have to be a shliach. You could take it and give it to the guy. Yeah, because no, no one's losing. No one's losing. Okay. What about when a shliach gets water from a well? When does the water come the ownership of the person? Who... When he picks it up. According, according to Rashi, when he picks it up. If, a shliach is a totally different thing. A shliach, a shliach is an extension of the mishaleach, the one who sent him. You're my hand. You're my representative. You're an extension of me. So you're not acquiring for me. Your acquisition is me. You're, you're, you are now me. You're in my stead. You're my, um, what do you call it? Um, power of attorney. That, 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 that's, that's a shliach. That's, that's, that's a different story. That says Rashi. Tosus quotes Rashi and says, Ain't nearer. I don't agree with that. The Beperka Koisev, Mashma, Gabi Uvdu de Yemer Barach Hashu, the Tofel Balchoi, Bumakam Shavla Herim, Loikani Afilu Osishliach. Because when it discusses the, the original source of discussing grabbing from a, from a debtor on behalf of a creditor, where there are other creditors and you can't do that, in, that, in the original source, the Gemara where it discusses that, the implication is even if the guy was a Shliach. He can't get it? He can't. He can't do that. Wow. So therefore, Tosfos disagrees with Rashi. However, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the halacha does go like what Rashi said, where a shliach is totally different. The Gemara itself concluded, if you remember, the, the case we started with, with in the Mishnah, which was where one guy's on the back of a donkey, and he sees a lost article on the side of the road, and he says to somebody down there, can you pass that to me? So, he picks it up, and then says, actually, I want it. He, he keeps it. But if he gave it, he can't say, I got it first. That's what the Mishnah said. So we assumed, so what's the debate here? Whether you can lift up on, on behalf of somebody else. So the Gemara then said, well, had he worded his instructions differently, he could have. Had he said, acquire that for me. Oh, then he's appointing a shliach. Then he's appointing a shliach. And when the guy lifted up, he can't then say, actually, I did it for myself. Uh -huh. Why not? Because, yeah, because he said, lift it up for me, acquire it for me. He said, which is the same as saying, be my shliach, be my, my uh, agent, my appointee. Unless you Disagree. say, I'm not doing that. But by doing it, you are There's a principle. Yeah. Silence is consent. So he's which is a very the... dangerous thing if you think about it. Unless you protest, you're agreeing. You accepted the shlichas. I asked you to do something. You silently and obediently did it. So you can't turn around and say, I'm not doing it. But you did it. He's picking it up, indicated that he accepted the shlichas. He's picking it up silently. Had he said, no, and then picked it up, okay, he's doing it for himself. If his intent was to keep it for himself, even though he followed the guy's order, Maybe in silently his intent was to keep it for himself. No, but that's but we're talking that, about that 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 wouldn't the that wouldn't negate the schlichus. Yeah, the act. Yeah. 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 And if I'm not mistaken, that is the halacha that 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 everything we've been discussing is talking about where it's not a shliach. Because a shliach is an extension of the person. Okay. Very yeah, intense. It's very intense.